7.23 last night, uh, the city council held uh, their uh, monthly work session. And joining us now to talk about that is Northfield's city administrator, Ben Martig. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Jeff. You uh, had a council work session last night and a few items on the agenda and some some interesting talkers as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that. One that's probably not too talkative is the uh, comprehensive financial report for last year. It's basically the audit from last year. Yeah, the independent financial audit was uh, presented to us by Abdo Eichenmeyers, um, who's our uh, firm that does that work for us. They do uh, quite a few cities across Minnesota, so they're pretty much experts in this field. And uh, basically through the 2022 numbers that they took a look at, um, a few things is just verification of the the finances. So we got a clean audit. with uh, really the only thing identified, which is an annual thing that's it's listed as some internal control um, notes, I guess, of reference, and really kind of relates to a city of our size on how many internal controls you can have within your operations to ensure, you know, full you know financial you know lockdown i guess on everything mm-hmm. you there's no other way really to have that provision in there but we have really strong internal financial controls but um ultimately we had a good audit one of the there's a few things we we look at we look at you know also how did how did we perform revenues uh, comparatively to expenses across all of our tax funds as well as our utility funds and then ultimately kind of where are those fund balances at at the end of it. So on the general fund, uh, we are pretty much on target. So revenues were uh, above budget by about 3.7% on our general operations. And um, expenses were up 2.5%. There were some offsetting related issues with that. So after transfers that we do uh, also with some of the remaining dollars, because before transfers were about 188,000 to the good, but we do some transfers out to some other funds, which gets us down to about a little over $13,000. So when you're talking $16 million, that's a pretty fine line, um, pretty much on target with where we are at. Uh, one unique thing from 2022 that's going to impact a little bit 2023 is we did get those federal uh, dollars from American Rescue Plan Act that caused, I guess, from a financial standpoint, where it makes some of the changes from one year to the next a little hard to track because the uh, auditors were, when we were talking to them, they wanted it built in within our actual general operations. So that's where it gets weird where some departments, if there's an, some dollars that were used with it, you see a big spike and then it'll drop back down. But again, it had an offset revenue with it. So there's a little bit of that that they had to explain in the audit report. But that's a good problem to have when the federal government gives you one-time large grants that we were able to distribute out to the community and use for needs that was certainly useful. How much was that? Grant. I'm trying to remember now. I thought you might ask that, Jeff. Was it somewhere like in the one and a half, one point four million range or okay. something like that? I think we were I don't quote me on that, or yes you can quote me and <laughs> say that <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the area. Waves, yeah. Somewhere in the area of that. But um yeah, and then some of the other things we take a look at are metrics again, kind of at the end of the year, how do we compare up to other communities and Similar trending, the the tax rate that we're high on uh, comparatively, we're right in the middle of these two peer groups of cities from 20,000 to 100,000 and then cities that are 20,000 to 10,000. So we show both metrics, but we're high on the tax rate, got a little higher on that one. and that. But our overall taxes are really on par, including the ta- total taxes and taxes per capita 
with those uh, two sets of city classes. And again, we've we've talked a lot about this, Jeff. Why is that? How can you have a tax rate that's high, but your your taxes, the total taxes from a city standpoint, are pretty much on par? Again, it goes back to who's paying. We don't have as much tax base in Northfield. So if we can grow some of that tax base, that'll bring that tax rate down. Certainly spending is a component of that, um, but we do know that we provide a lot of similar services, which is like other communities our size that people look for for a quality community, um, which is why we're right, in the, right on par with some of those other communities on those on the expense side. Let's move on to cannabis. Now, of course, uh, it was legalized by the Minnesota legislature just uh, oh, a month or so ago before they adjourned. Uh, now it's time for the locals to uh, to have their stab at it. Have you have you taken a look at those laws yet? Do you understand? Uh, is there a good understanding? And I, I don't mean you personally, but just in general between municipalities, what their role is going to be? Have you looked at that and been able to uh, kind of boil it down? Yeah, we're starting to make sense of it. So our attorney's office has really dug in, and some, we've got some staff really looking at different components of it. So we've got a pretty good sense of it, but it's a lot to it's a lot to absorb i guess and we're also looking for clarifications and a a lot of this too on they've created a new state level office of cannabis management or ocm as they're calling it there so they got to create a agency um from scratch so they're in that process and then they're going to be handling the licensing the way this was structured from the state is it's really centralizing the licensing and regulations through the state of minnesota so it won't be a local type of issue we will, on the cannabis side of things, um, have uh, some registration of of these cannabis cannabinoid and cannabis products that we'll be doing registering locally. But the the local control is very limited over what what we'll be able to do with that. But let me talk a little bit about the the two things we talked about last night. The first thing is the cannabinoids that have been hemp derived THC and these gummies and drinks that have been out there. They they reconfirmed the legalization of that and and also basically provided some minor changes to it. So they're they've reduced some of the THV levels in the drinks. They've limited the amount of packaging that you can sell on those. They also clarified that the edibles, well, the gummies is the typical one, can be behind the counter or have to be behind the counter, but drinks don't have to be. So our there's some changes with that, and then they also expanded to allow liquor stores to sell edibles effective at the end of May and beverages. Um, prior to that, there was a determination by liquor control you can do it. Kind of interesting because, you know, liquor stores are really the, been doing the business of checking IDs and doing that for a long time. Um, but basically any type of other retail business was allowed to have these types of products. So literally you could have clothing stores and things selling the stuff if they wanted to, but <laughs> liquor stores were prohibited even though we've been doing training. <laughs> so that was a little bit unique, but they did change that law. We had a local ordinance that was passed last year, and so um, one of the immediate things with that type of product that we have to make some changes, we don't have to, but best practices, we got basically one more licensing year probably left on that because the state's going to be taking control in March of 2025. So we'll continue to have our local licensing and regulation. We don't limit the number of licenses, but we do have some provisions, so we'll match those with state law. And then also, we did also have some discussion with the council with that process, with the uh, renewals coming up at the end of July. We did pose the, you know, the idea of the liquor store, a municipal liquor store, potentially selling these products as well. Um, we explained a little bit the the why behind that when there's other businesses doing that. And really we talked about what our current purposes of our liquor store 
is that the council has is adopted goals. It's controlling the sale of alcohol. We've got exceptional employees that have a very high standard on ensuring identification. In addition to being great customer service reps, they're also very uh, diligent about um, in enforcement, uh, getting this right hand, supplementing traditional tax and fee revenues. So I'd say that our margins are fairly tight on the liquor store. And so we do sell things like tobacco on the side, similar like, like this, that's a kind of a convenience factor, remain competitive. So if we want to be controlling, we do have in the region other other competitors are out there, but in Northfield, we want to control that sale. So it might you know, discourage people from stopping at another liquor store that might have these that they can pick up both on, the, on their way up to the lake or whatever. Uh, economic stimulus to kind of our downtown is another kind of an issue. So next, when we start the uh, ordinance amendment, if the council doesn't want to look at doing that, which basically one benefit might be one less licensee in town, I suppose, with that or staying out of it, there'd be an opportunity for them to add a, a clause to, that would restrict the liquor store if they want to do that. So they'll be they'll be talking about that next week. Long term, though, I would say the the cannabis one is a lot more complicated, and I'd say we just kind of got a very brief summary of that that one again we can't prohibit possession transportation or use think of this as the actual flower or the like mm -hmm. people smoke with that um, we can't ban businesses so there are very few things the city is going to be able to do they call it reasonable restrictions on time place and manner so there might be certain zoning regulations like being in a commercial district is an obvious one that's where it would be allowed um they specifically allow cities to restrict within a thousand feet of a school or 500 feet of a daycare residential treatment center or attraction with a public park that is regularly used by minors, including a playground or athletic field. So that would be a policy discussion in the future. And then the, the, there's also a local ability to limit licenses, but there must be at least it's registrations, actually, not the licensing that goes through the state. Local registrations can be limited. <clears throat> but you have to have at least one per 12,500 population. So Northfield with that population wouldn't be able to restrict, they'd have to at least allow one registration locally with that. And if we grew that, that number would get higher as well. There is some clarifications we're looking on the, whether or not the County restriction also might supersede the city that could allow further regulation or limiting, but we don't think that's the case, but that could come into play. So we'll be taking a look at that in the future. There is the ability for a municipal provision as well to be in in the business of owning and controlling the sale of these substances. And so we did tell the council we'll be having that discussion too. I think some of the similar goals and values of alcohol sales probably apply to cannabis. So we'll be coming back, tracking more information and, and discussing that in the future. Hmm. Boy, that's a lot to digest. Yeah. yeah. What uh, As far as the timeline goes, of course, it's not legal yet, but it will be in the near future. When, when do you hope to have all these uh, decisions in place? Yeah, so for the cannabinoid ordinance, we're going to be making changes starting next week. We'll have an amended ordinance before the council and option to get that going. We have to have a second reading. And then um, with the timing of our of our um, council actions, the, the current licensees renewals will probably be happening on the 11th of July for a council approval to go into effect August 1st. So that's the most immediate one. Um, the cannabis-related ones will be tracking the state level, but they're... Um, They've got some deadlines. I don't recall where they're at exactly how far out, but they, they will be getting those implemented and they'll be having information going out to the public. But it's going to take some time for them to do that. But as information starts to come out, 
we'll find when we got enough information to come back to the council to have some more policy deliberation around it. There is the ability to implement a moratorium for a period of time too related to the cannabis so that if there are decisions made and the city needs more time to evaluate, we can put into effect a moratorium for a temporary period to study it a little bit more. So that's a tool that might be used. Let's move on to uh, the uh, capital improvement you discussed. Uh, review the five-year capital improvement plan and capital equipment plan. Are there certain areas uh, that you're focusing on here? Well, um, we have a lot of big projects coming up in 2024, and we've already talked about some of those. And as we um, get into the budget detail to get more, we didn't have the numbers and the cost impact of all of those of the prior year's planning that we had done for next year, but we know there are some big ones. So first of all, I'm probably going to, for today, since we've talked some about those projects, I'm going to maybe do a little bit of a look ahead because we often start planning next year for the projects in 2025. So maybe just a little bit of a look ahead on the 2025 year, because if, if as far as impacting what projects we're doing, what's the scoping or design that we've had some discussion about, this is going to be the time period that's good actually looking at 2025 because in many ways 2024 is already kind of rolling in the planning phase so for your listeners street reclamation projects in 2025 currently that we're looking at would be industrial drive from armstrong road to the dead end so it's out in the industrial park um, probably a lot of people don't probably see that but it's important to our industry uh, laurel court um, i think that's the little section over by the quick trip um, off highway 19 scheduled for resurfacing and then washington street uh sumner street to south the south dead end is the main pavement ones we're looking for that year and then on the sidewalk and trails we have the Seckler park trail that we're hoping to resurface again that goes down connects into dundas um, that is going to be the milltown state trail so we're also working with the state of minnesota to potentially take over and might even help on some of the funding of the resurfacing of that and then um Maple Street from Jefferson Parkway to Ford Street. We've got some sidewalk trail improvements. Um, then we got some crossing improvements in Industrial Drive and Armstrong Road that we'll be doing with that project. I would say, too, that um, we did get uh, from the state of Minnesota over $8 million of our full request for the Milltown State Trail project that we're really excited about. We'll be starting some of the local construction of that. Some of the match dollars that we're using with the state will be getting next year with the Jefferson Park uh, jefferson parkway um but the 2025 will be the big year we'll be building out basically the full section um, from from that area we'll go off off street uh separated uh, biking and pedestrian trail that will go all the way out to um the waterford historic bridge um and so it'll go along um kind of along the uh, road section along the arb out we'll have an underpass under the highway up there and then you'll be able to do a day trip up to the historic bridge and um maybe bring a pack of lunch and sit and have a good time and then come back and eventually we'll connect to lake billsby and over to cannon falls and um on down to red wing so that would be a cool trail segment as well, but that's a big one in 2025 that we're working with the DNR on. All right. The fine art of picnicking is making a <laughs> comeback, and you can do it off by the uh, Waterford Bridge, which I've done before historically okay. in our stations out there. You didn't jump off the bridge. I did, did not you? jump off the okay, bridge. That's no, that's kind of crazy stuff right there, but uh, I was always afraid <clears throat> I was going to fall in every time I went over it. All right, Ben, we're out of time. We've got to get moving on. Thank you so much for joining us. Much right. appreciated, and we'll talk to you again uh, next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. Northfield City Administrator Ben Barnick.
got Tim, news with a side of sports coming up. Rich with local news next. Canyon Ace Hardware, your local Cub Cadet dealer, is ready for spring. And you should be too with the Cub 